invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing, as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kelly. This is Jeffrey Cloninger, your producer, and hello Kelly Grosslogs. Hello everybody. Today we're talking about the courage to be. Be what? Be you. Be me? Be you. So something fun that I asked Jeffrey if we could do today is switch it up a little bit. And you have shared some really, I feel, profound stories about visiting people who are ill or visiting people who are, at, you know, of course ill, but at the end of their life and how you have reflected over the years how that's changed as you've evolved, as you've aged, and how really what you have to do is just be yourself when you visit. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to not say something, say the right thing, whatever that is. So I asked Jeffrey if we could, and he doesn't know anything I'm going to ask, and actually I don't either, but we're just going to have this impromptu. Way to plan. Well, you know, we're just going to have an impromptu conversation that I hope helps people as they're listening, and I particularly would love to hear from the people that are ill um, or are at the end of their life, and what has been comforting to you, what has been helpful. Mm. Um, I know what I've heard from people is that they really appreciate when people show up and be themselves. And, you know, when you're uncomfortable, it's, it's natural. But also, if you're fearful, and I want you to get a little more into that, because that's what that's what sparked my interest in hearing more of your story was talking about the being fearful of going in because it is oh, yeah. scary. It is scary. Yeah. So you share your experience about one of your first experiences, how old you were. One that comes to mind is just after high school and I was visiting a friend's mother who was in hospice and she was dying at home. And I went to the house and I knew her mother pretty well. Um, but had been away a little bit for my first year at college. So since that had happened, Joanne fell ill. Mm. And so when I came back, suddenly I was invited to come and visit, uh, really near the, almost the end of her life. And there was such a change that had happened. though, to be invited in. It was wonderful in that sense. But because it was one of my first experiences really being at the bedside with someone, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And, and you know, you talk about being you. I was in an old, my own state of life where I was trying to figure out what that was as mm-hmm. well. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do you bring you to a situation where you don't know a, about the illness, you don't know what to say, you, you're suddenly seeing this person who you were close with but haven't been intimately close with or particularly close with in the last year now suddenly so different she didn't look like herself Mm -hmm. she wasn't acting like herself and and so suddenly I was not acting like myself either oh that's interesting so were you the youngest person in the room it was okay I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about also including kids and and that thing but so she didn't look like herself was there was there, do you remember, can you go back, was there fear about going, anxiety about going, what was going on in your body, do you remember? I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous because I wanted to show up and be 
helpful and I wanted to be reverent and I, you know, there, I had almost a sense of pity when I walked into the room and, you know, there she was, the, the room was dark, it was kind of gloomy, it was mm. all those things that you might have envisioned yourself if you're listening. Uh, when you think of someone who's in hospice, mm, right? It was it was just flat out depressing. Okay. Right, and and I'm not saying elements of that aren't depressing, but just the room there was it almost felt completely hopeless, and it it smelled weird, and it mm-hmm. looked weird, and I was weird. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> well, and and I wonder if you went back to Joanne's room today, having been involved, if you would. It would just be interesting to see the difference. I think, you know, people get to choose what their rooms look like. And that's what I often hear from visitors talk about is that it wouldn't be what they choose. And I think that's the distinction we always have to make, right? Is mm-hmm. um, in order to be ourselves, part of the learning is also allowing others to be themselves. And, you know, I, I'm i really big at whipping those cur- curtains open. And yeah. Like, but, but, you know, I've had people say to me that light hurts my eyes because sure. of whatever reason. Um, and we, we quote unquote, did hospice and dying differently. I mean, we're talking what? How many years? Oh, gosh. Well over 20. Okay. So I think it looked different then than it looks now. But but nevertheless, the, the point is... I love that you can be so real and transparent with the fact that you were scared. It didn't look like her. It didn't smell like the house you were accustomed to going to. All these things that probably it would still be true today. Um, but you maybe, maybe not, would have a different reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, did you talk to her? Absolutely. Uh, we, But it felt like small talk. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean to diminish... I think it was very important that I was there, and that's what I really hang on to is that I showed up. There you go. Right. Yeah. But, but the talking, you know, Joanne's ability to take information in and speak was limited. Yeah. So, and it's like talking to someone who, for whatever reason, can't communicate with you. And so you start to talk louder and you start to true? Um, stretch out your words and you kind of go to the most basic of things mm-hmm. that to me didn't feel as meaningful as what I had remembered talking to her about or or just as fun, right? You know, you know obviously this is not a fun environment, right. but... It, well, it, I think that that is such a reality for those of us that are visiting is there's this there's this marked loss when you walk in and you just said it perfectly, Jeffrey, that they're not who they were, but there's a, there's a, there's a beautiful time and a beautiful way to meet people where they are and the, when they're dying. And I think one of the things in, for those of you that have heard me talk and, and educate about the dying process is that out of our senses, we feel and we hear until the end. And so we can tactically, you know, when you touch somebody, there's a real tactile feeling of that, mm-hmm. whether you touch, and I, and I encourage that, to touch skin, to touch hand, touch feet, brush the hair away if they have hair, brush the forehead, whatever that may be, but then just to talk to them. Another really nice thing is to say, I know it takes a lot of energy for you right now, Joanne, to answer me, and so I don't expect you to. But what I'd love to do is just tell you a few things about you that Mm. I'm going to remember and that I have really loved. And 
If you can do that with holding hands, that is such a beautiful way to connect. We, we know from research, we know from experience working at the end that people can absolutely hear us. And, you know, they're, they're often in, Joanne probably was in two different worlds when you visited her. So she's in one world, one foot, this world with one other, with her other foot. And so communicating becomes very different from what I've noticed at the end of life. Yeah. And you know what else? I, I don't want to say I have a lot of regret around this, but I do regret not getting closer in the room. I do regret not really showing Joanne how I was feeling about the situation. Mm -hmm. If I could go back and change that, I would. Thank you for bringing that up because that is a very common thing I hear. And I have myself, I myself have felt that. And even though I know I was 11 when my mom was in ICU and I didn't get to have those meaningful goodbye conversations, um, I, you know, I'm easy on myself because I was 11. You were 19 or 20 or whatever it was. And, you know, some 50-year-olds aren't comfortable doing it. And I think that's okay because if you haven't had experience with it, it's awkward. And it can be awkward. Super and it, awkward. And, you know, we don't, quote, want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to do the wrong thing. We don't want to hurt them. We don't want to this. And so that gets in the way of us just being us. And you know what? It almost felt like I was in two different worlds. I just come in off the street. It was a hot day outside. Mm. It was sunny, right? And that was the world I was used to living in. And then suddenly I went into this other world that was not any of that. Oh, wow. Right? So here I am in, in some ways in two different worlds, just as you said she was. So take us fast forward now. I know recently you visited a friend who yes. was in hospice. Yes. And... Because she is a different person than Joanne, she's going to have a different experience, naturally. But it sounds like you actually, you know, and here's, here is the thing about regret, and I want to be very gentle with this, but I want to hit this home, is that rather than spending too much time living back in the regret, what we do with that is, okay, how would that look different? And we apply it to how things are today. We apply it to the situations that present today. So, for instance, with my mother, I... I really have, I almost have fantasies about being able to, as myself now, talk differently with her. I mean, mm. I was 11, yeah. so what I would do is run out of the room and scream, and, um, and I, I missed opportunities to say, I love you, Mom, and, and all these things. So what I did with that is, obviously, I fast-forwarded that, and I have now taken that experience and helped other children, teens, whatever, communicate differently at the end of life. So rather than living in that regret, knowing that I did the best I could do at the time, as you did, Jeffrey, but you apply it to situations now. And so you, you use, so Joanne was a teacher of such right. experience. How does that look different now for you, if it does? Well, it does look different. And one thing is that I think I'm different, first of all, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm older, I'm wiser, quote unquote. Uh, I don't know how much wiser, but Quite. It, is, uh, it was very important to me. I think the biggest difference from before, before it felt almost like, yes, it was an invitation, but I almost felt obligated mm -hmm. to show up. This time was different. And of course, the relationship is a little bit different. No discredit to Joanne. But today's visit or, you know, recent visit was more around being intentional. So I knew that my intention truly was to wish this person 
the best. Oh, I love that. Right? And so with that in mind, even before I stepped in the room, and I didn't know if the room would be bright and sunny or maybe just like with Joanne, dark and kind of gloomy. Mm-hmm. I knew that that part didn't matter as much because I had I had a mission. I had a goal. My goal was to say the best goodbye I could. And that informed everything that happened there in that space, right? So it didn't matter what it was. Now, it so happened that it was a beautiful room and is a beautiful room. And so that created a, a warmer environment for me. Mm. So that, I think, really got things moving in a good direction for me this time around. I just learned a really cool tip from you. And I think um, what a wonderful thing to share with people is to set your intention before you go in. And that no matter what the room looks like, what you say or what you don't say or how they respond, that intention is always for the highest good of you and that person. And that your intention was to have a, a beautiful goodbye and to be present in that moment. Do you feel like you... Were able to accomplish that? Absolutely. And one thing, uh, yes. Uh, it was also important for me to share something physical mm. with my friend. Um, and I actually mm. gave her something that she could hold, a little gift in remembrance of our relationship. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know when, when she's going to ultimately die. Right. Um, but... That gift, even though I'm no longer in the room, can still be present in the room with her. Absolutely. Another beautiful tip, and I will often do this too, is bring something. Um, So, you know, it was cute because I I was working recently with a woman, and I I often will bring like a small rock, right, that they can hold, and I put my intention into it, and they can hold it. And when I got there and I had not presented this to her yet... Um, she was telling me that, oh, one of the most annoying things is that people, people keep bringing her these little tchotchke things and these little, um, things that just when she dies, her family's going to have to figure out what to do with. And I'm sitting there (laughs) thinking, okay, um, well, I can change this up. And it was cute. So I actually made a joke of it and I pulled out this rock and... And said, I have one more thing that is going to be a pain in your family's back end. Um, and she laughed. And actually, she cried and, and took it and said that because she and I had worked together for years, that she was going to hold that as a way to remind her of times that she actually felt better. Because when she started with me, she wasn't as ill. And so, um, and she has so many children because it's a blended family and... You know, I just said, this one rock, when you've got 10 kids, isn't going to matter. So it's, you know, I think, again, my intention was to have a connection with her, bring her something that could keep us connected, even when I wasn't physically there. And I love that you did that for your friend yesterday. Now, I want to ask you a question. I will often hear from the visitors that they don't want to cry because they don't want to bring the person down. Mm. What's your thought on that? Well, I'm a crier. Uh, those of you who know me know that I'm a crier. So <laughs> I, I'm no longer that person who wants to walk into the room and, and be strong. I, I think the vulnerability piece is key uh, because that's that's what reinforces the relationship. It, it reinforces the realness that you have with somebody else mm-hmm. is to be able to show them. I mean, 
you think of your best friend, and I'm actually talking to my best friend right now, you do those things with them, right? Yes. You do go to those places, those high highs and those low lows. So the sadness is, and the tears are part of the relationship, just as the laughter was. And just the other day in, in this example now of visiting, I mean, it, the room was filled with both tears and laughter mm -hmm. at the same time. So you're, you would recommend just being what you feel. I think another thing that I also hear people on the other side of it is they felt like they weren't emotional enough, that they were in there and they never cried, and so they feel like the person didn't think they loved them as much. You know, we ha in order for this to work, we have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And you might be... I've had times where I have visited people, and I have been... You know, professional Patty and right there and just very in the moment and doing the, they're asking clinical questions I'm answering. And I get in the car and I completely start sobbing yeah. because as I'm talking to them, I'm watching the incredible suffering and the pain that they're experiencing. And I'm trying to stay in the moment because I know that what they're asking, I probably can help them with. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I, now I'm trying to work on making room for all of it that, yeah. you know, um, in being real, I also will say that, and I've seen this thousands of times and I've been told it by the dying is that they, they take the cue of the person visiting. And if the person visiting is not wanting to go there, quote unquote, and express and be real, they won't either. But if the person's willing to go there it can be through crying, it can be through sharing of something, vulnerability, it can be of saying, I'm really upset, you're not going to be here for this, that, and the other. They're willing to hold their hand, they're willing to get close. They're going to take that lead, and they're going to follow with it. So it's not saying you need to act or be a certain way, but it is okay to show and be you. I mean, the courage mm -hmm. to, to be you is what we're talking about, and I think... You know, one visit might look another way than the last visit, but you know, we we sometimes mirror for these. We don't we don't realize how much of a mirror we can play for people in this world, regardless if they're dying or not. We show up, we're a certain way, and people will start to be reactive of that. For me, this last visit really goes back to setting that intention and a important distinction is is that the intention was to have a beautiful goodbye but it wasn't to have a beautiful goodbye in X, Y, and Z way, right? I didn't know what that was ultimately going to look like. And the only way to have a beautiful goodbye was to let it unfold. Mm. And I, in looking back at it, you mentioned crying. I kind of thought in the back of my head I'd cry more. Um, and, and nor am I judging myself for, for not crying more right. though, either. So, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. It, I felt and feel like I was able to simply be in the moment, and the moment called for what actually happened. That is so beautiful. I mean, that really, so you know that you had, so what I'm hearing you say is set an intention, be careful of expectations. Exactly. You, you don't know what state the person you're visiting mm -hmm. is going to be in. You don't know what state you're going to evolve to become in those minutes shared either. Was there anything you felt was off topic? No. Or off the table, I should say. Oh, you mean for me to... to yeah, to talk about? I didn't have that feeling. Okay. Um, I didn't dance around anything. Okay. I didn't feel that. And some of that 
again, goes back to the quality of the relationship to begin with. How comfortable, how much do you know this person? And that is another great point, Jeffrey. You're, we're all going to visit our such an, we're going to visit third, fourth tier people, right? Just as a, probably not like Joanne, that was a really intimate time. This friend you were visiting yesterday or this week, very intimate time. So those are, those are real sacred moments, but we may end up going to see somebody that has had multiple surgeries. They're in a hospital and we're going to take them a plant because we work with them. But you know, and so I think you're absolutely right. These reactions are going to be so different based on what your connection has been with yeah. the person. And yeah. so even if it's a really sad situation, I just visited somebody this week and it was more for the wife. But I didn't necessarily have to, I, I saw the person, they looked like they were really suffering and uncomfortable. But I didn't have to have a reaction to that because I, that wouldn't have been authentic. Of course, I felt for them, but I didn't have a personal like, oh, this is really hard for me because I love them so much. So that's the courage to be too. And I think um, I loved this, this episode because I really appreciate hearing from somebody else and another expert in this, meaning, you know, we, we all become experts in what we experience. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I, I just, I loved your realness. I'm hoping the people that listen today are going to walk away with two things, set your intention. And this is for anything in life and keep your expectations lower. Yeah. And just allow the discovery to happen and allow the discovery. That is such a beautiful way to say it. Allow the discovery to happen. And remember we are a mirror. And we do, if, if we are present and we have the courage to be us, we do mirror for people um, ways that we would like to interact with them. So what an opportunity, what a sacred time that really turns something very scary and emotional into something very doable the way you, the way you teed it up for us. So thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.